Your presence has been detected and recorded. Thank you. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to My Random World. We are here today for our unusual Valentine's Day episode. Mm -hmm. We are going unconventional, you unconventionalists. <laughs> I, of course, am your host, the one who is more likely to be the janitor in the kitchen. <laughs> it's me, Chris. And then sitting next to me, as always, she's the one that has the culinary cabaret. It's Miss Crystal. I am your chef today, yes. <laughs> today, we have our special segments, Cooking with Crystal. <laughs> or, what's cooking good looking? There you go. <laughs> so, today we're going to be cooking and serving different items from the H.P. Lovecraft cookbook. Necronic. Necronom nom nom. And that is literally how it is. I cannot ever pronounce that. Not the it's the not necronom the, nom nom nom. It's not necronomicon. Because that's the book of the dead. This is the necronom nom nom nom. Nom 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 nom. <laughs> what the dead eat. Yeah. As long as they don't eat us, you know. <laughs> I'm all fat. Oh, oh, I'll be that. You're just yummy. It's chewy. <laughs> I could make a good stew. <laughs> we'll cook everyone else in you. <laughs> so all of these recipes uh, we're going to do today are by this uh, in this cookbook by Mike, Mike Slater, which I found over at uh, Books a Million. So look it up online. Uh, go buy it from Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you find books and cookbooks. So each of these is going to have kind of a Lovecraftian, Cthulhu-ish feel to them. Um, we're going to do a couple of drinks, so adult beverages. Mm -hmm. We got two appetizers. Yes. We have two, two entrees. entrees. And a dessert. And a dessert. This has to feed for like four to six people. Yeah, because joining us, of course, is the peanut gallery, Jody, and special guest this week, my hubby, Matthew. That's right. So we will be testing all of these at the end. Yes. Uh, this cookbook is a lot of fun. It even has stuff like soups, sandwiches. It even has a kid's section, uh -huh. believe it or not. And actually, one of our um, appetizers today is actually an entree, but I amended it so that it would make yeah. more of an app. Yeah. They don't have a lot of apps, but, you know. Um, okay. So, if you're wondering, if you're actually one of those people that think this might be kind of weird, um, these are these are just real recipes rewritten to be in the Lovecraftian way. That, yeah. That's all it if is. If you don't understand the Lovecraftian way, they have the regular recipes in the back, in the back. of the book. Yeah. So. Each and everything on here has how to just cook it normal. Yeah. All right, so the first we're going to go is we'll dive into the world of the beverages. That's right. So for today, we have decided to try the gin and miskatonic and Herbert West's Deanimator. Yes, so we have a little mood music for these recipes. So <laughs> fun to read the recipe. Yes, so we'll start here. So our gin and miskatonic serves one, but which one? Your medicinals will be three ounces of Hendrix gin, three lime wedges, four to five ounces of tonic water, preferably fe fever tree, one ounce of hypnotic liqueur, 
And if you may, a rosemary sprig trimmed properly, or a yellow sign made of lemon rind. <laughs> For the apothecary's craft, having selected a highball glass able to accommodate the dosage, fill with ice and add the measure of Dr. Hendrick's fortifier. Squeeze in a fresh lime from three wedges, and remember, the number is important. We don't know why, but it is. Add the tonic generously, stir to combine. Pour the hypnotic liquor over the back of the spoon to layer on top and make the subject amenable to the rest of the elixir. The next bit is important and your choice will determine much. Place the cut rosemary sprig prominently in front of the glass. Hendrick insists that this is the only way and anything else is just too dangerous. He is too cautious. Tonight, I shall try the Xanthus Trixkillian and note what the effect it has. Serve by the light of a black lamp to behold an eldritch radiance, not meant for the human eye. Look you not upon it directly, nor let the eye linger. And that so. <laughs> is the gin and muscatonic. I love it. It's so freaking hilarious how they have it written. Yes. Now, obviously, this is a gin and tonic. Um, today, we are not using Hendrix gin. Uh, we are all on a budget, thank yes, you. This so is a we, pandemic, and Hendrickson's expensive. We uh, got enough of the cheap stuff, so. Yes, and we couldn't, uh, you can't substitute hypnotic, so we did go with a hypnotic, um, and for anything that we could go a little bit less on, we went in the middle tier, so it's yes. not too rough. Um, so we bought Seagram's Dry Gin. Mm -hmm. okay. All right, so next is going to be the Deanimator. This is the one I'm looking forward to. <laughs> so Herbert West's Deanimator. This version has all the desired effects. The fresher the subject, the more apparent the efficacy. Warning, polluted subjects deanimate very quickly at the potency. This makes one fast acting dose per 150 pound subject body weight. So your regent components are two ounces of Santoni's limoncello. You can have any limoncello. A half ounce of the spirit of Saint Germain. A dash of blue Kershaw, I learned that, okay? <laughs> Two ounces of VDKA 6100 solution. That is vodka. All right, so the Regent Sim... Sim... I don't... I can't read that. It's in weird scribble scratch. <laughs> uh, how you bind it together. You bind together the Santoni's formula and the St. Germain and Erlenmeyer flask. Add the slightest dash of the Cerulean stabilizer... Less than a quarter ounce, or you'll ruin the effect. It is critical. Exceeds, excess leads to compensating with other ingredients, which can have dire consequences. Lastly, dilute with the VDKA 6100 solution. You may decant doses from the flask, but a large syringe used to administer orally is best. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do not have syringes. <laughs> Sorry, the uh, it's kind of... the These sections are done in... in um, uh, a sort of scribble scratch uh, cursive, and I see regent, but I don't know if that's synthesis, uh, symptoms. I have it's no something idea. Something with an S and a Y, <laughs> so I can't, you know, whatever. Um, so we did not use Santoni's Lemoncello. We don't just got didn't a even see it. Generic. We just got a whatever from Italy that we had, that they had there that wasn't too expensive. Uh, we did get actually a pretty impressive saint germain liqueur it's um, a little travel bottle too, yeah we got which... a smaller one it's it's a bit of a pricey one but you don't need too much and it's imported from france it's mm -hmm. not really good 
Um, and of course, the BDKA, we went with a medium grade. We went with a uh, New Amsterdam distilled five times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a number 525. So okay. we saved a little money while we could. Yes. Um, so I'm going to make these for us in a little bit. And we'll be back to let you guys know um, what we think. Okay, now that we've done making the drink, we're going to start off our first one here with the gin and miscatonic. Now that we've done making the drink? We done already had hers. <laughs> we done, we done already know. had hers. <laughs> so let's go ahead and try it. So me and Jody are going to try this together because we don't like gin a lot, but. I actually really like it. You taste the hypnotic more than anything. Ooh. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a interesting. I can taste the gin. I can't taste the gin at all. Oh, I can I put can. more hypnotic in it, though. <laughs> See, I don't taste any gin at all. And I gave y'all the least amount of gin, too. Well, I don't know what gin tastes like because I don't drink gin. So, oh, it has there you go. It's dry <laughs> is what I'm getting. What about you? Yeah. I really like it. It's kind of citrusy. It's bubbly and fizzy. Matthew, what do you think? That tastes like a nice gin and tonic. Oh, better right then. <laughs> I need a little practice. I we we our highball glasses <coughs> weren't quite high enough. His was the only one, and I had to kind of curb how much hypnotic I put in there. Mm. Um, so you kind of need some pretty tall or wide glasses. Yeah, I I think I need a little bit more hypnotic in mind to. Well, here, I can, I can fix that. <laughs> well, here, try this one. Is this one better? Because I, I did. I put a little bit more hypnotic in mine. That's a bit better. Yeah. Okay, okay. Y'all can finish that. Uh, try, this, this try that one and see what you think. <laughs> it's a little more fruity. See, I prefer yours. But still, not your cup of no. tea? <laughs> no, it's more of an amaretta girl. I actually really like yours because I put a little too hypnot much hypnotic. This is no. more citrusy than sweet. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> I well, I made Matthew happy. He liked yes. it, so, so. going to be good. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do uh, the deanimator later on with dessert because it's a bit more sweeter. So, so no, one, not not too bad. You know? Half of us like it, the other half doesn't. But that's okay. It's all well, about yeah, trying. But, but it was a successful drink. All fairness drink. to closure, I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. So it's true. You should take me in the new equation. <laughs> all right. So next up, we'll have our appetizers. Yep. We're going to go and cook the appetizers, and we'll be back. Okay, we're back. This time, we're going to our appetizers. So we will have these first. So let's dive into this. For our first appetizer, we're going to have the grape old wines. Serves four who would serve, meaning four appetizers per person. The sacrifice. The skins of 16 of the wonton and willing. A fourth a pound of uncased sausage from the Mediterranean, AKA Italian sausage. A fourth a pound of slaughtered and pulverized cattle, ground beef. 16 ounces shredded from the neophytes Colby, Monterey, and Jack. A half a cup of the white ichor of Hellman. A fourth a cup of soured cream. A fourth a cup of whole milk. Two teaspoons mixture from the ranch hidden in the valley. 
16 large, firm, black or red grapes, peeled and hollowed. And if you would like, you may have an ounce of emerald powder of wasabi and a season of sriracha. The desecration. In the time before the meat of the slain and flame combined, press the skin wrappings into the receptacles of a muffin slab with wanton abandon. <laughs> Be sure to shape the skins in the manner pleasing to those who shall inhabit them. AKA eyelids or petals. Pretty good. Imbue, imbue the imbue, imbue the preheated chamber with the strength of 350th degree Fahrenheit and cook for three minutes, such that the skin is still pliable. Set aside. Oh, did we put it on 375? We put it on 350. Yeah. Combine the two fleshes over medium heat until the hue of life has fled and is drained away. The sacred seven in minutes should suffice. In an amply sized bowl, fuse this flesh then with the other various tinctures and essences, but not the grapes, nor the wasabi, nor sriracha until uniform. Implant two tablespoons of the mixture into each skin wrapping form and return to heat following the same ritual requirements as before for seven to eight minutes or until heated thoroughly. Force the wasabi powder evenly into the eviscerated fruit, dotting each one in the center. Press each grape so prepared into the flesh vessels to summon forth the eyes. Spatter with the red humor of sriracha and fold the eyes within their lids. Serve faithfully and serve warm. Arise, the grape old ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we are going to not use wasabi. Uh, many of us don't even really like wasabi. It's a little too much for us. Yeah. And uh, the sriracha will be used, but only for those who want it, because Peanut Gallery is not really into the uh, hot stuff. The hot stuff. So I obviously, like yes, we're having we're having um, meat filled wontons. Yeah, meat and, and grape. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm actually kind of excited. And then yeah. our other one that we're going to do is we changed from an entree to an appetizer. <laughs> is it, uh, okay. So we're calling this one is called the foul lawful. Serves to damn four unwilling victims. Uh, tooth of the unspeakable. Tomb. Tool, Tomb. Tools. Tools. Tools of the unspeakable. <laughs> That's hard, hard. One cup of dried chickpeas. One cup roughly chopped onion. Two tablespoons chopped fresh parsley. Par parsley? Parsley. One tablespoon each of salt, cumin, and dried hot red pepper. I only use a little bit. Four cloves of garlic. One teaspoon of baking powder. Four to six tablespoons of all-purpose flour. Um, we are not doing that. Uh, vegetable oil to fry in. We are not doing that. We are not doing that. <laughs> and tahini sauce for drizzling. Um, if you must know, this is made to serve in a pita garnished with like onions and tomatoes and stuff and you eat it as, mm -hmm. as an entree we're not putting that stuff yeah, in there yeah we're having like corn. falafel balls yeah the corrupting i've seen them do it they take the chickpeas and drown them in a big tub of cold water they leave them there overnight and then drain them like it was nothing i can't barely think about the next part they got this thing with a steel blade it spins and makes a noise like an angry swarm of bees they put the chickpeas and some onion along with all kinds of spices and garlic and blend them all up. After some dancing around, they sprinkle the baking powder and flour into the mess that they made and give it a few more whirs. How they keep it from being sticky, I don't know. 
maybe more flour? It all goes into a large bowl. They stick in the chiller for a couple hours. Now they got a big pot boiling and they're throwing in the baby corn. Ah, geez, it never had no chance. Salt in there too. I ain't never seen this kind of cruelty. It's over quick, maybe five minutes. They take them out all tender-like and lay them on a towel like they was just going down for a nap. Back to the bowl. They make these kind of balls out of it, maybe 20 or so. They acquire a deep bowl like they got in Chinatown, but with three inches of hot oil in a bottom, I think it was heated at 375. They're smart. They test just one. Frying the ball for a few minutes on a side, wait until golden brown. If it falls apart, they put more flour on it. When they got it right, they fry them all. They come out golden and they lay them back on the towel to drain. After that is the worst. They stuff the flatbread things with a couple of those balls, all garnished up with tomatoes and onion, green peppers, pickled turnips, and the baby corn cut in strips. This they leave hanging out and I swear I saw them wiggling as they ate. It was awful. All drizzled with that pale sauce. Why'd you send me here? Why? If you knew, you gotta bring the others. Come quick, I think they see me. <laughs> So I read the whole thing, but uh, we are not going to be doing the uh, part where we boil the uh, corn and all that. Yeah. But we will drip them in the pale liquid sauce. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to make that and we'll be back to let you know how we did. Hey everybody, sorry to interrupt, but we're going to make this into a meal in a movie. Well, two movies. So for our matinee, we're going to be doing... It's the movie dining. <laughs> uh, we're going to do two unconventionally conventional, non-conventional convention any <laughs> Unconventional conventional. Uh, Valentine's Day we're movies. Just, yeah, like two alternative Valentines. Not your normal rom-coms. You're going to make your significant other sit through that they yes. don't like it. <laughs> but um, We're uh, going for a more comedy kind of raunchiness going on here. Especially this first movie. We don't like those other kinds of movies. Um, <laughs> so we decided, you know, what if we were going to celebrate Valentine's Day, like what what would we prefer to spend our time watching? Yes. And so we decided to do, um, to rewatch Crybaby by John Waters. And uh, Chris was supposed to watch Warm Bodies as well. And no, he did I not. I gave you my it. voodoo account. You had Actually, you didn't. I did. You didn't? I did. You said I could, but I never got you it. You did, and you didn't do it. So um, so I will report on Warm Bodies for a little bit. And uh, I've seen it before. It's just I need a refresher. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, I hadn't seen it as well until uh, since we had first watched it. But um, it was a lot funnier than I remembered. <laughs> a new appreciation for it. Uh, um, but yeah, so, and we're not, this isn't like our first time around from last season. We're not here to dissect everything little bit by bit. It was yeah. just a fun, a fun like, hey, Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. I should say Valentine's weekend. I don't yeah. think we really did this yeah, on the day itself. Yeah, it's the 20th, so yeah. we're a little late. <laughs> but the first movie we're going to uh, go to is Crybaby mm -hmm. from... Uh, what was it? 1980-something? <laughs> but uh, it's set in the 50s in Baltimore, of course. It's of course. John Waters. <laughs> and it's got your your normal kind of John Waters cast. 
um, with like Mink Stole and all them. Divine's not in this one. No. Um, but you do have Johnny Depp. You've got Tracy Lords. You've got, got Ricky Lake. Lake, of course. Um, Iggy Pops in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just realized that Susan Tyrell, who plays uh, Grandma, mm-hmm. is uh, also the queen from the Forbidden Zone. If any of you have ever seen that movie. Yeah. Yes, that was. <laughs> we watched that movie. I think a year ago. It came on Prime, and I was like, the fuck am I watching? But it's an an amazing movie. It's fun and and hilarious and weird, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah, it's like this uh, bad boy in the 50s with a heart of gold, and um, there's the the squares and the, what did they call them? The... Um, Oh, shit, I can't remember the name. (laughs) uh, The drips? The... Fuck, I don't remember. I had it in my head. Uh, it's basically John Waters does Grease 2. Yeah. Which is really funny. Not even Grease 1. Like, I would consider, like, maybe Hairspray more like a Grease 1-ish. Mm-hmm. But this is more like Grease 2. And for me, because I'm weird, I prefer Grease 2 anyway. It had more fun songs. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you have um, Johnny Depp is the leader of the bad boys and... Drapes. Drapes. That's it. I need to start with a D. <laughs> and Tracy Lords um, is the girlfriend to the uh, the head of I guess the head of the squares. They don't I, it, the one that they all kind of look up to, and uh, it's it it is basically Greece, which is basically kind of like a Romeo and no, Juliet. Tr- Tracy Lords was Wanda. She was in the gang. No, she should have been. It's, um, isn't it? That's Amy. Sorry, LePain. sorry, Amy. <laughs> Allison. Sorry, Tracy is the. Well, actually, Tracy belongs to the Squares, but she became a dream. Yeah. Remember, her parents are. <laughs> her parents freaks. are Squares, and then they. Came. Oh my God, that was so funny! And you're replacing me with. I think her name was like Inga from Norway. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, Amy. Lacane. Lacane, who I think. She was in Melrose, Melrose Place. Place. Yeah. I'm like I never watched and Wings. Melrose Place. And then she was in a bunch of B horror yeah, movies. And I don't remember her in Wings, but it's been a very long time since I've watched Wings. <laughs> um, so she is the girlfriend. She has a great voice, so she's the one that actually sang. I don't know for sure. Um, and um, it is very It's this fun. big turf war. <laughs> There's a little, yeah. What I, what I love is it's so very still what's happening today where, like, okay, so... You know, uh, Amy, what is Amy's character's name? Allison. Allison. So Allison's grandmother is like the head of the, you know, garden society. Everyone looks up to her. They have money. The, the uh, manners from, and everything. They, have, they come from the right side of the tracks. Yep. And she's, you know, she's the head of the debutante society. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the, all they can sit there is, is say, you know, they just come from the wrong side of the tracks. You can't trust. Them. And <laughs> all you see is the same shit about inequality in class that you see yeah. now. Like... John Waters has this ability to hit that shit on the nose, mm-hmm. and it's still as fresh today as it was yesterday. You know, the drapes, what do they do? They have parties, loud parties. They're a little bit promiscuous, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. Like, they're just they're just loud, and they, they don't always play by the rules. Yeah, they're not politically correct, you know. <laughs> you know, but the squares, when they're mad, they, like... They, like, do real honest-to-God damage. Like, yeah. they put sugar or salt in a gas tank. That's that They lit a uh, motorcycle they, on right, fire and, and threw, threw it, it into the, the crowd. <laughs> like, they are actually doing things that are 
illegal mm-hmm. that will kill but, someone. But, but no, that's it's okay. the other side. They're from the right side of the tracks. Mm. I wonder what that sounds like, but right. So, um, <laughs> but it is really fun. Um, it's very cheesy, very campy. Yeah. Um, the I, songs get stuck in your goddamn yeah. head. My my favorite character, though, I love her to death. Is Hatchet Face. I do. I do. <laughs> I. My one of my favorite things in, in that movie is, and of course, one of the drapes. She's got a young drape boyfriend who absolutely adores her, no matter what she looks like. Yeah. And they go; they're going to um, uh, steal the helicopter to go <laughs> break him, break Johnny Depp out of jail, basically. And she looks up at this cow and smiles, and the cow's like, Wah! and runs away, and she gets all upset. And he looks over, and he's like, don't worry about it, baby. I love you, and I think you're beautiful. And gives her a kiss. And I'm like, yeah! Right? That is what warms my heart. That is, like, that's yeah. true. And that's and it, real. And it shows Allison's journey from, it's like a quicker version of uh, Greece, like you said. She goes oh, from geez. good girl square to oh, bad girl God. drape, you know. And, that whole, and her grandma, too. Okay, so, like, at least Allison's was a little bit more slanted, like, a little bit more slower, and you could see it better. Grandma just wakes up one day, and it's like, eh, I'm gonna be half-drained. Whatever. Once she she falls in love with the judge, and because she sees that the the drapes are getting the bad end of the stick, she's like, no, they did this. You know when it happens, and I don't think I ever really realized this until Peanut Guy pointed it out. When they're all in the courtyard, court scene, right? Mm-hmm. And the judge yep, is ha- handing out the, the, the sentences. Yep. He is extra mean to Ricky Lake and the kids and pulls the kids from her for absolutely no, no reason. reason at all. Yep. And you just see that switch flipping her from, now that was fucking uncalled for. And yeah. like all of a sudden she starts rethinking everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I wish that would happen more in real life. Like, do you see what the fuck you just caused? Yep. Yeah, I do. I do love when they go to break the kids out of the uh, kid yeah. home. <laughs> and they're kids. they're two headed. Uh, they're conjoined twins. You can't these kids. <laughs> they're freaks. But Those kids it's kill me. it's such a good movie. Uh, it is on Stars, and I think you can get it on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, every yes, it, yeah. c- it comes and goes. It yeah. may not be right now, just because it's on Stars. Yeah, but, um, but look you out can for rent it. it at least. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We're saying yeah a lot, but <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, the songs are very catchy. Most of them do their own singing. I yeah, I don't think Johnny Depp sang though. I, I don't, don't know. So. He can sing, yeah. and it sounds similar to what he he kind of sounds like. I'm yeah. not sure if he sang everything <laughs> though. Um, that's for for all of them. I'm not sure, but John Waters does have a hankering for making them do their own shit so i you would have to look that up (laughs) to be honest but um it's oh it's it's, so it's amazing yeah so (laughs) while you're cooking your meals you know put throw this on and watch it while you cook Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right so we return you now to our previous segment cooking with crystal Okay, we just finished cooking our appetizers, the foul lawfuls and the, what was it called? The ra- Grape Old Ones. The Grape Old Ones. So, now we'll start, I guess, take a bite of the falafel. Try it with some tahini. Hmm. It's not bad with the tahini. Mm-mm. 
The mixture's still a little sticky. Mm -hmm. See with the Greek ranch. Another ranch, please. The problem is, is if I oh, much better with the ranch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna warn you. Oh yeah, much better with the ranch. These might need to be. I just a chickpea much. Yeah. So they might need to be cooked a little longer. Or if I cook them anymore, they'd be crispy on the outside. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the oil was a little too hot. Um, it did, however, require yeah. way more flour than <laughs> the four to six tablespoons it said. Way more. So what did you guys think, Matthew? I haven't tried it yet. Uh, well, what do you think of it so by itself? It's tasty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does taste like a falafel. I've never had a falafel. Oh, I love no, falafels. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're good. The Greek place it's up at Kagan makes ranch. really good ones. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's mixed. It's chickpeas mixed with onions, um, some cumin, and um, I added the, I added some um, bell pepper to it. Mm -hmm. Instead of the bell pepper being the garnish, I added it to it because we weren't eating it at pita. And then you mm -hmm. add, and, I'm in a minute, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you add um, some baking soda and some flour, and you make balls and you fry them. All right. Um, I think my my oil was probably a little too hot because mm -hmm. they they cooked very quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, let's see what we think of the grape ones. What are these called? Grape old ones. They're just wontons. Hmm. I know, but grape what? The old grape wands. The old grape wands. Okay. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, wontons probably could have been cooked a little longer. Soggy bottom. They're a little chewy. <laughs> well, mine is, but I think I got the one with the extras. I think you did too. <laughs> well, the problem is, is they didn't get brown like they were supposed to. That doesn't taste about. No. What is it? It's it's ground meat and Italian sausage. I'm not a huge fan of Italian sausage. Oh, I like the kick from the sriracha. You also got a vegan wonton wrapper. That's the only thing they had, yeah. And that might have made a difference too. Yeah. Because there are they are firm. No. What don't you like about it? The, the taste of consistency. Of the inside? Mm -hmm. Not the sriracha? Mm -mm. You want to taste one without it? Without the sriracha? No, it's, no, it's a texture. Oh. He doesn't like the mixture of the texture. Oh, it's ranch, milk, cheese, sour cream. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't really do it that great. Yeah. So, I think we did pretty good. Okay. I think <laughs> if I make, I think I'll make these again. But I think I'm going to put ground pork instead of Italian sausage because I'm not a fan of Italian sausage either. It's okay, but I'm not a fan of it. I cannot, if I'm going to eat the entrees, I'm not going to be able to eat these. Mm -hmm. All this. But I think I'm not going to put so much of the creamy stuff so that it, you get more meat mm -hmm. than cream. Because mm -hmm. that's probably a problem too. But I like the kick of sriracha. I love having the grape in the middle. It's different. Mm -hmm. I like doing the sweet with the savory. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Bad. Very good appetizers. Not bad. 
All right. Give me a moment and entrees next. Hey, everybody. Chris here. We'd like to remind you that you can keep up with us outside of the podcast by following us on Twitter at It's MRW Podcast or just search for My Random World. I like to post updates, pictures, and just some random stuff. Also, if you'd like to influence the show, shoot us an email at MyRandomWorldMail, M-A-I-L, at gmail.com. You can send us show ideas, suggestions, some random questions, or just a shout-out, and we'll work it into the show. We would love to hear from you guys. Now, back to the shenanigans. Now, moving on to our entrees for this evening... We have a little macabre bird dish that we're going to try. We're going to do an albino penguin oven blanc. But, um, so it really, it was really for, like, albino penguin breasts. We thought this was just, like, a no shits idea. and giggles thing. <laughs> but when I was reading the real recipe in the back, apparently you can actually get albino penguin breasts. We we did not do that. I'm not eating that. I don't even know where the uh, hell you would get that. So uh, we substituted chicken for it when doing chicken oven blah. Um, and also we are doing the curried favor of the old ones. So the albino penguin oven blanc serves four. Your forged rations, four no skin, bone and giant albino penguin breasts, meat of the common chicken will do, which is what we did. A fourth of a cup of vinegar if you were using the penguin breasts and a half a teaspoon of salt and pepper. One cup of white wine, dry Riesling or Chardonnay, plus more if it is needed. Four strips of bacon chopped, three garlic cloves minced, one ripe onion finely chopped, a pound of portobello mushroom sliced. We did not put this one in here because half of us don't eat mushrooms. One cup of heavy cream, chopped parsley, and then prepared rice or pasta if you wish. So... The preparation. Put your penguin breasts in a large bowl with a mix of vinegar, salt, and pepper. Then add enough white wine to cover completely and marinate for three days in the chamber of coal of, of unforgiving cold covered. We did not do this. Uh, we didn't use penguin. If you're using penguin, you actually have to do that. <laughs> uh, we substituted chicken breast, so we have to skip this step altogether. Thank God. Pat dry the breasts with paper towels, season thoroughly with salt and pepper, set aside. Take the chopped swine flesh and saute in a large pan for three minutes. Fry the garlic in the rendered fat until golden, two minutes. Add the onion and portobellos and cook until bacon is crispy. About six minutes. Remove all from the pan. Sear the breasts to finish the deed. Add everything again to the pan, cooking until done, about three to four minutes, turning the meat once. Add white wine if needed and a pinch of salt. Simmer for 15 to 20 minutes covered. Add the cream, pinch of pepper, and simmer for another four to five minutes. Plate the breasts and pour the sauce on top. Top with parsley, devour with rice or pasta. Uh, since I will not have the wine on the penguin breasts, uh, I amended it with a real chicken um, oven blanc recipe. And what will happen is when we go to simmer, we're gonna put in about 500 milliliters of Chardonnay to cook in there. All right, so now we're gonna move on to the curried favor of the old ones. And whoever is pinging you, they need to fucking stop. 
All right. So curried favor of the old ones. They are, they shall ever be, they hunger. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beats, for it is a human number. This serves four of those who shall be taken last. The sacrificial elements. A teaspoon of turmeric powder, a half a teaspoon of ground coriander, a half a teaspoon of salt, a tablespoon of sugar, three tablespoons of sweet curry powder, two pounds of chicken breasts, two tablespoons of unsalted butter, uh, 30 ounces of coconut milk, two cloves of garlic crushed. Uh, you may, if you wish, add three sweet potatoes and three red beets cut into one-inch cubes. We did not do this. One medium sweet onion cut into one-inch pieces and rice jasmine cooked. Now for the ritual. Bring forth the Lester ceremonial bowl, a.k.a. a slow cooker. In it, combine the turmeric powder, coriander... Oh, sorry. No, this isn't a regular one. You will cook this in a slow cooker. <laughs> So in a small ceremonial bowl, combine turmeric powder, coriander, the spell is broken, essential <laughs> salts, sugar, and curry cane sweet gift. Prost prostrate the fowl offering in the great vessel of prolonged fever, being sure to first anoint the vessel with the yellow rod obtained from the land of lakes. <laughs> so you want to rub the butter on, in the uh, crock pot uh, early and make kind of like a coating. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is separate from what you'll use later. Pour within the milk of the coconut and three-fourths cup of water. Raise up and reset the fowl offering so it is not scorched. Into this add the small measure of the yellow rod, garlic, and the contents of the lesser bowl. Stir the contents until all become one. Crosby the Egyptian will join the other cubed and many-skinned elements. Labor again to combine. Cover the vessel and bank the fires low for a third day or on high for a quarter day. Patience will be rewarded. The foul shape should be tender when pierced. In this way, you will know it is done. Place the finished thing upon a bed of jasmine rice. Together they shall be consumed to nourish the names unspeakable and their faithful. So basically, you may, we're making a curry. <laughs> Can't wait. I love curry. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to go and get this ready. And we'll be back to let you know how it tasted. All right, so we have entered the entree phase of our dining experience. We've got the curried old one. Curried favor of the old, old ones. ones. And the Coco Van Penguin. Or how no. <laughs> um, albino Penguin Oven Blanc. Yeah. Which is a chicken oven blanc. All right, so for the chicken... Ooh, the sauce is really good. Is it? Mm hmm. I really like this. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Ooh, the chicken's delish. When I was cutting, it's very tender. Mm hmm. Um, I will say that as a Cajun, I don't like how thin the sauces are. I have never made any of these decisions before, these were all brand new for me. And um, so I stayed completely true to the recipes because I didn't know what would happen, really. Yeah. The only thing I ever did was just take stuff out that were extras that I knew wouldn't affect it, like the sweet potatoes. Yeah. So um, uh, I would definitely say that they need to be amended if you prefer thicker sauces, which I do. I would prefer these to be a little bit heavier, uh, but they taste amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, Ooh. now the Okay, I'm curry. cooking with wine more often. <laughs> That's delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Ooh, the query's quite nice. Yep. Oh, that's very nice. She's got some really good flavor in there. It's not bad. I want a little bit more kick. <clears throat> what do you think? You honey? all right? <laughs> what do you think, honey? Both nice. But You're yes, the this needs more Curry's kick. Mm-hmm. So I think. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. What? You okay? No, sorry for not having. Well, the reason kick. why it doesn't have kick oh. is because of me. No, this doesn't, this doesn't have a kick to it. It's supposed to be a sweet curry. Okay. What he means by kick is it doesn't have... The taste of curry. Yeah, a stronger taste oh, of okay. curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than heat. Not all, all, right. all curry is supposed to be spicy. Some, some of it, like this one's supposed to be a little bit sweeter. Um, part of it could be the coconut milk we used. We used that So Delicious one. And maybe it's just not as sweet as the one in the can. Maybe if I used the can one, it would have come out a little bit thicker. Um... Could use both, but. and I think definitely. Um, well, I, well, no, because well, I would have, but yeah, but I think definitely because I will make this again. Mm. Um, I will make both of these again. They're very yummy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think next time I'm going to double the curry because it wants three tablespoons, and I think it needs more like six. Mm. But the chicken's very nice. Mm -hmm. both adding, really good. adding the falafel in is very good too. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. So I give this an A plus. Thank you. Bravo. Thank you. I chopped up the bacon. <laughs> there you go. You did. You helped me a lot. He minced. He minced. He minced. He's shaking bacon. I helped. I made. You can make rice or pasta with any of these. Whatever your preferences. Uh, the three of them are eating rice. I am eating cauliflower rice. I think I definitely like our entrees better than our appetizers. Yeah. The appetizers were good, but yeah. not, not anywhere near this. This is the star. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, until we get to dessert. That's true. <laughs> so when you hear from us next, we will be trying the Moonbeast Pies. Yes. Can't wait. Now, finally, we're heading to our dessert portion of the evening, where we are going to try something to give us a little whoopee. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I think... The, or send is, us over the moon. <laughs> the, the, I think these are basically whoopie pies. Yes. Um, they are called moon beast pies. Send forth the slave with a small ruby to trade for these. Serves Nyarlathotep, Lomquach, and a dozen three... <laughs> okay. I, look, I love reading this stuff. It's a fucking mouthful. Alright, so the pies themselves, you're going to need 8 tablespoons of unsalted butter, softened, that's one stick, a cup of sugar, a large egg, a cup of evaporated milk, a teaspoon vanilla extract, 2 cups of all-purpose flour, a half a teaspoon of salt, a half, 1 and a half teaspoons of baking soda, a half a cup of unsweetened cocoa powder, and a half a teaspoon of baking powder. Uh, for your uh, marshmallow fluff inside, you're going to use another stick of unsalted butter, that's 8 tablespoons, softened. A cup of confectioner sugar, <clears throat> a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and a cup of marshmallow cream or fluff. And what's really fun is we're going to have viscera, viscera, sorry, viscera. We're going to make it look like uh, a monster. And this is going to include a 12-ounce package of spaghetti. I may not cook that much. A 3-ounce package of strawberry jello and a cup of strawberry jam. So the commands and labor. For the pies, stoke the punishment kiln to the 400th degree of Fahrenheit. 
In a large vessel, force the conjoining of eight tablespoons of butter and the sugar, followed swiftly by the egg, evaporated milk, and vanilla extract. In a fresh vessel, do the same for the flour, salt, baking soda, cocoa powder, and baking powder. Now, meld the two thoroughly and patiently, as this will form a dough. From a height, allow the dough to plunge onto a greased metallic tray by generous rounded spoonfuls. Leave the span of a human child's hand between the dollops. I didn't do that very well. We don't want them spreading and joining again. That happened. <laughs> Bake these for six to eight minutes until firm when pressed. And you really only need about eight minutes. Most importantly, allow them to cool for at least one hour before adding the marshmallow ichor. To create the ichor, combine the eight tablespoons of butter with the confectioner's sugar, the vanilla extract, and the moon cloud essence. That would be the fluff. <laughs> Labor ceaselessly, ceaselessly until smooth. Crack the yellow pasta stalks and twain into a large pot of boiling water infused with the essence of the jello, quite soft, until quite soft. Assemble the confection of our folk by spreading two tablespoons of filling on the flat side of a moon crust. Add radially symmetrical scatterings of pastoid tendrils and a spoonful of the red-pink jam off-center on the filling, and finally capping with another oblate hemisphere of moon crust. Low and mocking laughter is appropriate. <laughs> serve. You got served. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I've never had uh, strawberry jelloed cooked pasta. Uh, with much, hidden veggies much, in it. <laughs> which, much less on a whoopie pie. Um, the, these are going to look really interesting. And we'll take pictures of everything and put them up on the, uh, Twitter, on the account. Twitter account. Yes. It should be fun. Um, so we're going to uh, go finish making our pies and have some dessert. And we'll be right back. So we finished our wonderful culinary delights tonight. We are going to end up with the Moon Beast pies. And they look delicious. We, we did are so an amendment. Cool, we didn't do the strawberry spaghetti tentacles because it's getting kind of late and we didn't feel like doing it. So we just put a little strawberry jam for blood in the middle. Mm. And, um. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't pick it up. <laughs> That's so good. Mm. That cake came out delicious. Mm. I'm going to warn you. It says to place these three inches apart because they spread. They do. They <laughs> fucking spread. I had to take a bunch of them and cut circles because they were kind of melded together. And uh, it does say normal unsweetened cocoa powder. I used our black cocoa powder. So that they were chocolatey and very, very dark colored. Mm -hmm. They look like true whoopie pies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, all of the pictures of everything we made, I will be putting up on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. Now, we did make our final drink for just me and Chris. The reanimator. The reanimator. Um, I liked it. Chris loves it. <laughs> the rest of us Not can't so stand it. It's very, it's sweet. <laughs> I agree. It's disgusting. Um, uh, limoncello is great for me to shoot a little bit. I don't care for it as a drink. And like when I drink this stuff, like it burns at the back of my mouth. <laughs> well, that and the vodka. So. Well, I am the vodka. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but the vodka is supposed to be smooth. <laughs> but I like it. I think it needs something else to kind of kill the bite. 
But yeah. it's it's good. I'll, but I, I, I don't you, think I'll make this again. I bet you anything. This is made to be a shot and Probably. not a That's whole That's because drink. it was uh, in a. It in did. A, it said a syringe. Yeah, it did say in a test tube <laughs> or syringe. So yeah. I really think it's not really meant to be a drink. I think yeah. it's meant to be a shot. Yeah. So live and learn. Now, as a shot, mm. I'd be down for that. Like you're out partying. Yeah. You you get do a quick shot of that and you. You know, drink on something else for the whole night. I'm totally down with that. But funny, as a drink, ugh. funny thing to point out: Chris is the only one drinking the drink. Matt and Crystal and I are all having milk with our, <laughs> with our buddy buddy. Yes. Uh, okay, so that's gonna do it for cooking with Crystal tonight. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed everything. Have a good Valentine's Day if uh, you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> if not, enjoy Singles Awareness happy Day. Happy Singles Awareness Day. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed your meal as much as we did, because mm-hmm. it was delish. Mm-hmm. We're going to round out uh, Cooking with Crystal with our dinner m- movie. Uh, we're going to go to our second one, itch, which is Warm Bodies. Yeah. <clears throat> so while you uh, digest enjoying your dessert there, um, which we actually enjoyed for many days after, because it yeah. made a lot of warm pies. <laughs> a lot of warm pies. Um... So yeah, the second movie uh, we watched for fun this weekend um, was Warm Bodies. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, isn't that a typical, like, Valentine's Day tween kind of movie? And Not, not really. really. I know it was kind of billed as like a zombie uh, Love story. rom-com, but <laughs> it, it, it really... It really wasn't. It's not like you know Sandra Bullock and yeah. you know I, I don't I don't know oh, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> becomes you know uh, entangled in a a zombie esque yeah. romance across the times <laughs> of universe or anything like that. Yeah. Oh my god, I would not. That's a ho- that's going to wind up becoming a movie one day. It's horrible. <laughs> anyway, um, warm bodies. It, um, yes. It, it is a zombie movie, and yes, there is a small romance that goes on in it, but um, it's basically, uh, you do have your normal setup of, you know, suddenly there was some sort of plague or something happened, people turned into zombies, not everyone turned into zombies. <clears throat> You're kind of thrust into the middle of it, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think what I kind of like about it also is, like, they don't even kind of bring it up to speed. They just throw you at everything and be like, look, just figure it out for yourself as you go along. Because the outbreak and the zombie thing isn't the story. But also, the romance isn't the story. The romance happens. And it helps to to, to bring about the main character, who is the zombie, his... um, uh, he his, saves her his, from yeah the, his well no his yeah. salvation like yes he does no I mean he her. saves her from an attack he does yeah. but that's not but what really happens is she winds up saving him and turning him back to a human and that's mm-hmm. really what this is about um, you it's it's a lot of teens teen type um, I mean they're not teens they're usually adults but they're they're in the teen movies so I don't know what a lot of them do but you do have John Malkovich. Um, and, uh, you do have, um, Rob Cordy, I think his last name is, um, if you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine, that's mm-hmm. his name, the thing. Um, and also Nicholas Holt is actually the main zombie. I forgot that was him. Yes. And you will, you may know him as Young Beast from the X-Men movies, or he was also in uh, Mad Max, uh, mm-hmm. Fury Road, which is really cool. Um, him and John, I think for me were like the biggest 
names in there. Yeah. I'm sure other, like, kids... Uh, other than, like, Dave might... Franco. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know his brother more than him. But, you know, I don't really... I was looking at what some of the other ones are in. They are not movies that I would ever watch. Mm-hmm. So, um... But it is a very good, fun movie. Um, you see... The daughter of John Malkovich, who plays the, the, I guess, one of the head leaders of the human encampment. It's her and a bunch of friends. Um, they're in a party that are supposed to go out and raid and bring back supplies. And um, Nicholas Holt's character, who is the young man who is on, who is the zombie on the front, uh, comes in with his his uh, zombie hoarder friends. Um, which, by the way, you actually meet first and. It's really funny. You find out that, yes, they are zombies, but some of them still, like, kind of... They're introspective. Yeah, like, they still think he... They do more than just, uh... Like, (laughs) they actually try and carry on some sort of a conversation. They haven't given up hope yet. Yeah. They introduce you to the fact that, um, yes, they are infected. Yes, they are are losing their abilities. Yes, there is this insatiable urge to eat, uh... Uh, people and brains and this is where it kind of falls in line with iZombie because when they eat people's brains they get their memories and iZombie is a lot like that which <laughs> by the way I I wholeheartedly um, endorse going to see iZombie the television series which you can see on Netflix hilarious awesome amazing fun totally worth it um, but uh, so they go and they fall upon the human party and he just kind of sees her and falls in love. Um, not really fall in love, but kind of like that love at first sight that kids have. Yeah, and, he just wants to protect her. Yeah, <laughs> and he finds that he doesn't want to hurt her. He wants to protect her. He wants to spend time with her. It's like a normal forming relationship. As normal as you can with a zombie. Yeah. And uh, and he does what he can to... He has like complex thoughts, complex feelings... He understands how to try and protect her, and he does. Unfortunately, that means bringing her back to the airport, where apparently <laughs> they all live at the airport. But he tries to take care of her. And in trying to protect her, trying to get her fed, trying to keep her safe, and also getting her to spend time with him, it has kind of restarted his heart against this disease of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He's starting to feel again. And by him having feelings and being passionate about something. And I don't mean passionate like sex, but just being, just experiencing passion, like like wanting to talk to someone, exactly. wanting to yeah. talk to them, wanting to spend time with them. Um, it could even be platonic. It's, it's not in this case, but it could even be platonic. The um, He has then incited these same feelings in some of his zombie friends, especially his best friend, that he sees every day at the bar at the airport. Um, you find out that he only remembers the first name, the first letter of his name. His name is R. So she calls him R. R. And throughout the course, she mm. winds up, he leaves to bring her back home. And she winds up keeping him there eventually. He goes to find her to protect her. And she's like, I need to bring you to my father to show that, him that. We don't have to kill you. We can actually save some of you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, at the end of the story, um, they are building towards bringing the regular zombies back in to try and help them cure themselves. Um, but there's also the... And also fight the bad zombies who have given mm-hmm. up all hope. 
And uh, I think what I really loved about this was it's not like it's the story and the I guess the the lesson to be learned is wrapped up in a little teen romance so that yeah. it, it can be fun yeah. and, 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 you know, just whatever. It doesn't have to be very heavy handed. But the real story is they're just feeling dead inside. Like you could you could equate that to tech what is tech doing to us mm-hmm. it's killing us we're not having those emotions those mm-hmm. you know those emotion those emotional connections like it's it's kind of like that same old story that we've been screaming even since we were little yeah you know parents always saying why are you always watching tv why are you always doing that <laughs> you need to talk to someone and so it's kind of like that little lesson of well the zombies are going to represent the people who who have given up on you know emotional attachment and the, the the or they're starting to and they're feeling dead inside and it just takes emotional contact to uh, <laughs> to reignite humanity within you and then you also have the small pit that just gave up yeah and they're just they're the real monsters um, and I think that's what makes it a real fun versus a really boring yeah. rom com and it's got some really good music in it too oh my god my favorite song that is in this amazing. the uh, Lonely Boy by Black Keys. It, I love yeah. that song. This, if you guys um, remember any commercials going on at this time, because this was kind of before everyone was streaming. Um, not that uh, the Black Keys were uh, unknown. They were known, but this put them on a much grander scale. Like mm-hmm. everyone knew that song Everyone was getting that album, and suddenly they really exploded. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so I was happy to see, I mean, some people were pissed off because they're like, and then they started changing their music. And I'm like, bitches, everyone changes their music. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with that. If you want staying power, you've got to change your sound and try yeah. new things. Um, but I was happy to see more people listening to them. Um, it, it You know, it's, it's fun when you can share something like that with other people that wouldn't normally listen Definitely. to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a fun one to watch too. Uh, it doesn't take anything serious to to watch. It can be put on in the background. It's definitely going to give you a bunch of laughs. So yeah. definitely a good alternative to like the fucking notebook. Ugh. Yeah, definitely. So that was our dine-in movies for the this week. Yes. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We're going to take a little break so we can get back on schedule this coming week. Mm-hmm. So give ourselves a little I will time to research. You, yeah, I will let you guys know as soon as we get back on our regular schedule. So not this week, but the following week. Mm-hmm. And we will be recording again on Tuesdays. And I'll be putting it out on Wednesday night or Thursday. So awesome. we will get back to you guys. Keep an eye out for us on Twitter. Follow my, uh, follow my instructions from earlier in the show. Happy and belated Valentine's Day. Or yes. Sad. Happy early Singles Easter. Singles Day. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it cl- yeah. like the day before, yeah. so yeah. it was all good. <laughs> so once again, from our little random world to yours, we will see you next time. See ya.